Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung here. Thank you for joining us for a few moments as we take a look at the book. This time, we're going to be looking at clear and present dangers that confront us today in our world. By the way, that's the title of a five-hour audio series on CD that is available for you to purchase and then study with me on this subject. There are five different clear and present dangers. Today, we're going to be thinking about the global threat of Islam. It is indeed a clear and present danger. We'll have our Bible study, and then I'll come back and tell you how you can purchase your own copy of the five-hour audio series on CD, Clear and Present Danger. But right now, let's think about the global threat of Islam. Go back over to chapter 16, and let's see if we can determine now, indeed, who are the descendants of Ishmael, and what happened, and who were they in those times. Again, chapter 16, verse 1, Sarah, Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaiden, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar, and she goes into Abraham, says, go in with, um, unto my handmaiden, uh, produce a child, a son, that will help you continue on. Uh, your legacy, uh, your heritage, uh, your descendants in the future, and what God wants to have happen. Well, the Lord appears to Hagar, the person Jesus Christ, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord, that phrase, when used in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord, not a angel, the angel of the Lord, according to a study on angels by Dr. Rennie Showers, great biblical scholar, the angel of the Lord is always talking about a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. So he appears to Hagar. He appears to her near a fountain of water in the wilderness. Notice what he said unto her, verse 10. And the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thine affliction. Notice the next verse. Now Jesus gives a character reference on this son to be born unto Hagar, named Ishmael. Verse 12. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. And so it is that Hagar was going to have a son. His name would be Ishmael. He would be a wild man, lifting his hand against every man, and every man's hand will be lifted against him. Go to chapter 17. We just want to simply try to see what God's word says about the descendants of Ishmael. It's not my opinion. I'll simply try to stick to the word and allow it to dictate our thinking. Chapter 17, again, Jesus Christ has not left the scene. He is going to appear now to Abraham. He's going to talk to him about Isaac, a son to come, and he's going to talk to him about Ishmael. We'll look at only the part where he talks about Ishmael. Look at verse 20, chapter 17 of Genesis and verse 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee, behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he begot, and I will make him a great nation. Did I articulate that effectively enough? He didn't say I'm going to make Ishmael a many great nations. <laughs> 
but a great nation. That's exactly what's going to happen. Go to the 25th chapter of the book of Genesis. 25th chapter of the book of Genesis is the record of Ishmael and what's going to happen. By the way, if you're studying prophecy, the 25th chapter of the book of Genesis is an excellent chapter because it talks about the descendants of Abraham, and that's a foundational study that you need to have. Looking in verse 12 of chapter 25 of the book of Genesis, let's trace the generations of Ishmael, if you will, with me. Now, these are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's handmaiden, bare unto Abraham. And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names, according to their generations. And he names the 12 sons who will be princes in his family. Notice what it says, verse 16. I'll not read all the names. You can read those. Verse 16. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their towns and by their castles, 12 princes according to their nations. Uh-oh. I said one nation. Now the text says nations. I got a King James Bible. Glory to God. Hallelujah. A King James Schofield Bible. Oh, that is good. King James Schofield with DeYoung's notes in it. Man, that is great. Anyway, I had a problem when I was reading this verse. You know what my problem was? As I looked at the verse, I noticed that it says, and these men would live in castles. Now, I had read ahead to verse 18 where it says, and they dwelt from Havilah unto Shur, that is before Egypt, as thou goest toward Assyria. And he died in the presence of all of his brethren. This is talking about Ishmael's final death, where he would live at the time when he went out to live, leaving the presence of Abraham. Well, geographically, that is describing the land area of Arabia, known as Saudi Arabia today. So he goes to Arabia to live. And then I looked up here and I said, well, wait a minute. It says they're going to be living in castles. Now, best I can remember, 4,000 years ago, there weren't any castles in Arabia. I'm not even sure there are very many castles in Arabia today. And so I said, there's something wrong here. I am a King James only guy. What I mean by that, I only use a King James. I do not think it's the infallible word of God. I believe, as Dr. Hubbard has explained in some of his times together with words that can be used differently. And I think that the translators probably interpolated instead of interpreting what the word was. I'll not go into the Hebrew words. I did look it up. I have it in my notes if you'd like to find out. But the word for castles there should not be translated castles from the Hebrew. It should be translated tents. There weren't castles in Arabia 4,000 years ago. Those King James translators in 1611, they knew about castles and that seemed where a prince would live. So they put castle in there. And so I said, well, I've got something going here. I better keep studying. And then I looked, and the word for prince was not prince, but it was chief. Oh, so these were chiefs. Twelve sons were chiefs living in tents. And the word for nations wasn't goy or goyim. It was umum in Hebrew, which means tribes. Oh, okay. 
Now, these are chiefs of tribes living in tents in Arabia. Now, that kind of fits. Because I know what the Arabic word Arab means. You know, we've misused words. Words have meanings, and we better start using the proper meanings of words when we communicate. Arab, we've... uh, use that word. The media basically has propagated this upon us. We use the word to describe 23 nations in the Middle East that, number one, speak the Arabic language, and number two, Islam is their religion. That's how the word Arab is applied. That's the application. If they're Arabic-speaking and Islam is their religion, they are an Arab nation. The word Arab in Arabic means Bedouin or nomad. Now that does fit, because Bedouins and nomads live in tents in the desert, and they live by tribes, and they have chiefs of those tribes. And so the 12 sons become 12 chiefs of 12 tribes living in tents in Arabia, the deserts of Arabia, as Bedouins. Oh, and they were going to be fierce fighters attacking each other. They would endeavor to try to brain the other brother under submission. In other words, they would be Islamic fighters. What do I mean by that? Well, the true meaning of the word Islam is not peace. Salam is peace in Arabic. Islam means submission. Brain whoever you are involved with trying to confront under submission. And so these men would be involved in going after their own brothers and trying to bring them under submission to gain more riches, more territory. In fact, they would get high. Have you, uh, there's a a, a pipe, a water pipe that they smoke. And, uh, And they're involved in getting high from heroin or hashish. In fact, hashashim is what that's called. Hashashem. Do you hear that uh, English word in there? Assassin is where assassin comes from. Hashashem in the Arabic language. And so they would become mighty warriors trying to go in and bring their brothers under submission. What did Jesus say to Hagar about Ishmael? He'll be a wild man. He'll bring up his hand against every man, and every man's hand will be brought up against him. And we're trying to bring him under submission. Thank you so very much for joining us as we've had an opportunity to take a look at the book. I want to remind you that everything we study prophetically seems to be indicating we are quickly approaching the time of the return of Jesus Christ when he comes back to the earth touching down on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. But remember, at least seven years before he comes back, and that seems to be very close at hand, but before that, the rapture of the church takes place, when Jesus shouts, the archangel shouts, the trumpet God sounds, and you and I that know Christ as Lord and Savior are caught up to be with him forevermore. You know, that could happen at any moment. There is not one prophecy that has to be fulfilled before the rapture of the church. 
I want to remind you, you can get your copy of Clear in Present Danger. Call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298, or go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and make your order there. And as you study, you'll know the rapture is very close at hand. In fact, it's so close, I do believe, there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...